0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for logging on today to to hear this morning's message. I hope this finds you and your family safe and healthy. You know, like the rest of the world, I have sat back for two weeks now and I've listened to our officials talk about the problems that is sweeping the globe. This week in my reading and in my prayer time, I have been reminded over and over again by the Holy Spirit that there is a purpose for every problem in our life. God uses problems and circumstances in our lives to develop our Christian character. In fact, God depends more on our circumstances to develop us than He depends on us reading the Bible, attending service, or anything else that we might do. And the reason for this is pretty obvious. You and I face circumstances and problems 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It is through the things that we face on a daily basis that God molds us and He shapes us into what He wants us to become. Jesus warned us that we would have problems in this world. In John chapter 16 verse 33, Jesus tells us, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. See, no one is immune to pain or isolated from suffering. No one gets to skate through life problem-free. Life is a series of problems. And every time you solve one, there seems to be another waiting to take its place. But not all problems are big. But all are significant in God's growth process for you and me. In the book of Peter, we're reminded that problems are normal occurrences in life. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Dear friends, don't be bewildered or surprised when you go through trials, like this is some strange or unusual thing that is happening to you. And the Bible also tells us in Psalm 34, verse 18, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. See, God uses problems and God uses trials and circumstances in our life to draw us close to Him. Most of us can agree that our deepest, most heartfelt prayers to God or our deepest, most intimate times of worship and closeness to the Lord has come out of the most broken times in our life. You and I learn things about God through suffering that we cannot learn any other way. Throughout the Bible, we see times that God could have stepped in and changed the situation or the circumstances, but He didn't. God could have stepped in and stopped Joseph's brothers from selling him as a slave. Or God could have stepped in and kept Daniel from being thrown into the lion's den. God could have kept Paul from being shipwrecked three different times. And God could have kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from being thrown into a fiery furnace. But he didn't. God chose to let problems happen. And every one of those people in those stories were drawn closer to God as a result of what they went through. See, problems have a way of forcing us to look at God and depend on Him instead of ourselves. Sadly, the old saying is true sometimes, that you'll never know that God is all you need until God is all you've got. So, God is sovereign in our life and God is sovereign in control. And with that being said, that means that there is a purpose behind every problem. Nothing happens without God knowing it beforehand. And everything that happens in our life is Father filtered. Everything you face in your life has spiritual significance. And it has a purpose. Now to explain this better, what I'm going to do this morning is I am going to break down to you one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. It is also one of the misqu- most misquoted and misunderstood verses in the Bible as well. If you have your Bibles out this morning, be finding the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28. In Romans eight twenty-eight, Paul writes this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. Who have been called according to His purpose. Now, nowhere in this verse does it say that God causes everything to work out the way that we want it to. Nowhere in this verse does it say that God causes everything to work out to have a happy ending here on earth. And we know that's not true. There are lots of things that happen on this earth. Lots of things that happen in this world that have unhappy endings. And to fully understand what Romans 8.28 means, we need to look at it phrase by phrase. So let's do that this morning. Let's begin with the phrase, we know. See, our hope in difficult times is not based on positive thinking. It's not based on positive thinking, wishful thinking, good vibes, or just natural optimism. Our hope is based on what we know to be certain. And that is that God is in complete control and He loves us. See, we need to be reminded sometimes that God is not on vacation. He didn't quit being God. He didn't retire. See, God is still on the throne. God is still in charge. And He is still loving us today as much as He did yesterday. The Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today and forever he never changes he is sovereign God he is always in control and he is always call, causing and calling the shots and hopefully you know that this morning hopefully you know that God is in control I want you to be certain of that because we are living in what seems to be uncertain times And the one thing that we need to be certain of is that God loves us and that God is in control. He is still on the throne. And so, that's what we know. And then as we move on to the next phrase, that God causes. See, your life and my life, they're not results of some random fate, chance, or by luck. See, there is a master plan and behind every master plan is a master planner. The homes that each one of us live in are a product of an architect's design. He lays out the design plan and from that point, builders can begin construction. Now at any time during the building process, if the builder has a question, he consults the architect. Because the architect knows every inch of that design, he thought it through He planned it and He laid it out. Now the same is true in our lives. God is the architect and He is building something great in each one of our lives. He already knows what the end will be. He's already seen it. Everything that happens in our life is to get us to the end result that God has in store for us. Everything in our life is because of God. And He is the grand designer behind everything. Okay, so we know that God causes. Let's talk about this next word, everything. God's plan for your life and my life involves all, A-L-L, that happens to us. All, everything. Including our mistakes, our sins, our hurts, illnesses, debt, divorce, disasters, and yes, even the death of a loved one. God can bring good out of the worst of things. And to see this, we have to look no further than the cross of Calvary. See, God took the worst punishment known to man, death on a cross, and He made it a symbol of our freedom and our salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. So God takes the good and He takes the bad. And He can make something great out of them. And so we know that everything, that God causes everything, next phrase, to work together. Not separately or independently. All the events in your life, the good and the bad, work together in God's plan. The things that we go through in life are working together to make us like Christ. See, to bake a cake, you need flour Eggs, sugar, salt, and oil. And by themselves, the ingredients to bake a cake are not that great. No one is standing in line to lick the spoon after it's stirred flour or oil or salt by itself. But when you mix all of those ingredients together, and they are blended and working together, what you have is this great tasting cake mix. See, God does the same thing with our life. He takes all the things that aren't that pleasant by themselves and he blends them together with the other happenings in our life. And he blends them and he mixes them all together, and the finished product is something good. And so, for this reason, we know that God causes everything to work together. Now, let's talk about the good. Because moving forward as we break this next phrase down, for the good, we need to understand that not everything in life is good. Actually, because we live in a fallen, sinful world, much of what happens here on this earth is evil and bad and full of sin. But God specializes in bringing good out of the bad. In the official family tree of Jesus, four women are listed. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. Now Tamar seduced her father-in-law to get pregnant. Rahab was a prostitute. Ruth was a lawbreaker. She was not a Jewish woman, but she married a Jewish man. And she broke the law in doing so. And Bathsheba committed adultery with David. And that adultery led to the death of her husband Uriah. Now these were not exactly great reputations that these women carried. But God brought good out of the bad. And Jesus came through their lineage. See, God's purpose for us is greater than our problems. His purpose is greater than our pain. His purpose is greater than our reputation. And His purpose is greater than even our sins. See, God works good out of bad every day. That's what He does. For we know, for we know that in all things God works the good out of every bad situation. Now we're almost finished this morning. I just got two more phrases that I want to share with you. This next one. Who love God and are called. See this promise that's in the Bible that God is working everything out for the good. See this promise is only for God's children. This is a promise that is set aside specifically for those who love Him and call Him Father. This promise of God working things together for the good does not apply to those who choose to live in opposition of God. For those who ignore God and desire to have their own way and do things on their own, they choose to follow the desires of their flesh and they choose to live a sinful life, well, they will have to reap what those actions sow. But for those of us in Christ who call Him Lord, who recognize Him as the architect of our lives, working things together to build something great in us, this is our promise. This is our promise that He's working all these things out. And the promise that is there is that there is a purpose for every problem. And the last phrase that I want to share with you this morning is this. According to His purpose. We talk about a purpose for the problem. Well, what is that purpose? The purpose behind all... What is the purpose behind all of our problems and all of our pain? Well, the purpose is is that you and I grow and develop in a way that we are a reflection of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And everything that God allows into our life is for that reason. So that we grow into the image of Jesus. See, everything comes back to God building Christ-like character in our life. Now, the building of Christian character in our life, well, that's a slow process. Whenever we try to avoid or escape difficultness in life, we short-circuit the process. We delay our growth. And when you and I fully understand what is happening to us, and what God is doing in us through the hardships in our lives, well, our prayers begin to change. See, no longer do we pray prayers that say, Lord, help us feel better through this, or Lord, give us comfort. But instead, our prayers toward, toward God turn, and we begin to pray things like, Lord, conform us. Use this trial. Use this hardship. Use this difficultness to make us more Christ-like. See, that's His plan. See, God loves us so much. He loves us so much that, that He is constantly working in us to mold us into the image of His Son, Jesus. Now, God loves you just the way you are. But He also loves you too much to leave you that way. And so His whole plan and His whole purpose in your life is to get you to a place where you are a reflection of His Son. And so for every problem in our life, our prayer should be, Lord, conform us. Use this problem, use this hardship to make us more Christ-like. You know, as I close this message out this morning, I want to let each one of you know that I'm praying for you, and I'm praying for your families, I'm praying for our church during this time. And as we are practicing social distancing, you and I are being tested and tried in ways that we have never been before. You may be at home feeling like your patience is running thin and some of us are ticking time bombs waiting to go off on our loved ones. My advice to you during this time is to be kind, show love, as well as extend grace to others. Remember that through this time, God is doing something in each one of us. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Who have been called according to His purpose. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for an opportunity again to to speak to our church family And Father, I ask that as they are at home or quarantined or wherever they may be, Lord, Father, I pray that You touch them today. Father, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice has felt Your Holy Spirit and has been reminded that there is a purpose for every pain. There is a reason for the struggle. And Lord, we ask that through this time of trial and hardship and, and uh, testing, that Father, you show us what it is that we need to see. Lord, that you conform us into the image of your Son. Help us every day to be more Christ like, Lord. Let us show love. Let us show grace. Let us give mercy to those we are around. And Father, we ask if there's anyone today under the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I ask today that they pray the simple prayer and Lord, come live in their heart. Let them confess You as Jesus. Let them confess You as Lord and Savior of their life. Father, we ask that You be with each member of our church, each member of our church family. And Lord, you can just bring us all back together again soon. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you for your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.